up, everybody? Welcome back to You're Not the Worst podcast with yours truly, Riley Nelson. And Avery Blessing. So, Avery, what's been going on with you? Okay, so this week I had... <laughs> I'm like trying just to think. moaned right into the mic. You always do that. I'm she so stays moaning, bro. We'll just sit down. She's like, ugh. And I'm like, Avery. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so this week i had all my midterms it was terrible it wasn't that bad but like the last one was the worst one out of all of them i had like no brain power left and i was just like dead and i like passed i don't want to talk about it like it was just like i don't know i mean this test is like timed too and it's also just like the questions are so confusing and they're so like wordy and they don't make sense and i have to like reread them five times to like understand. Yes. Yeah. Did you take your medicine beforehand? Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna you say, bet I, did. I do that whenever I don't take medicine sometimes and I just like read the question six times and I'm like, what did it just say? And then yeah. I have to read it again. Yes, no, literally. That's like like what I did. It was fine. It wasn't that bad, but like the first night I pulled an all nighter and it was not fun. But it's okay. Yeah. I survived. Did you say if you passed or failed? Did I just ask that? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so ashamed. you probably failed. Yeah, probably. Most likely. But, anyways, what about you, Riley? Hmm. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Here we Here's go. Here's what happened I tried to give a military guy a chance, and I instantly regretted it. Nothing against the troops, just I don't want to get engaged in three weeks. Wait, what? You know, that's like a stereotype. Is it? Think of all the people that you know in the military and all the girls that are dating military guys. 20 bucks, they're either married or they have a baby. Really? I can think of four off the top of my head. No way. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Anyways, no shade to the troops. We love y'all. Um, Let's see. So on Thursday, I've been talking with this guy, and it was going really good. And he was the one really pursuing me and, like, when can I see you? When can I see you? You're so beautiful. All the gross yeah, things. yeah. Like, literally, he, like, would always be like, you're so beautiful, you're so gorgeous. I'm like, ugh, you don't, okay. You're like, that's a little much, I'm like, thanks. yeah, feels like you're compensating for something. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, he was, like, decently attractive, and I was like, okay, whatever, cool. He is also from Texas, so I was like, that's <gasps> okay, fine. Okay, like, where from? Dallas. Really? What part? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't ask. I'm also not going to say it on the podcast and the live okay, stream. Okay, true, sorry. Okay. But I don't know what part. Anyways, so yeah, we're like Snapchatting and we're texting and like all is well. And he's like, when can I see you? And I said, well, midterms are this week. So how about later at the end of this week? And he's like, bet, let's do it. So we agree um, on Thursday night that we are going to, I was already going to see this comedian, but we ended up having an extra ticket. So I was like, hey, do you want to come to the show with us? Like you can come before and we can go get dinner and then we can go to the show. You know, like a mm -hmm. nice little. Yeah, little like, invite. Like a good date, like dinner yeah. at a comedy show. Mm -hmm, that's a good one. Yeah. And he just, things started going downhill. So, like, he was, like, all excited, all gung-ho for it. And then at, like, 5.30, mind you, we're supposed to be at dinner at 7. 5.30, he texts me, and he's like, hey, I'm not feeling good, blah, blah, blah. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, God, here we go. I am about to get ditched. Get ditched, yes. Yeah. I had already started getting ready, and I'm like, is this guy, like, about to cancel on me? whatever and then he's and I was like are you wanting to reschedule and he's like no no what like 
absolutely not. Like, I want to see you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to be a little bit sniffly. And I was like, ew. Anyways. <laughs> Why would he say that? It's kind of weird. Then he sends me a video on Snapchat of him talking. He's like, yeah, I'm like so nasally. Ew. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay. Like, once again, do you want to reschedule? And he's like, no, like, I, I don't want to reschedule. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, he's hyping himself up for being sick. Yeah, and well, then I was he's like, like he's, no, no, he's trying to like set it up so by the time it gets to the date, he's like, wait, actually, yeah, like I'm not even feeling. Yeah, good. exactly. He like yeah. knew in his mind before that he was gonna do that. Yes, right. and I was like, not, I don't know. I just I knew he was about to cancel, and I was like, whatever. Yeah. Well, then he texts me at six forty five. Mind you, our dinner is at seven. I'm fully <gasps> ready, and I'm sitting at the kitchen counter waiting to go. That late, Avery? Yes, you were there. I thought it was earlier. No, he texted me at 6.45 saying, uh, I just got off work. Mind you, he still has to shower. He still has to get ready. And he lives 45 minutes outside of the city. No. Yeah. What the heck? So That's I so respond annoying. back and I'm like, okay, well, like, do you want to just meet at Zany's? Whatever. He doesn't respond. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I really would appreciate if you would have given me a heads up beforehand because I've been getting ready for the past two hours. Like, why, right. you know? Yeah. Like, I did my makeup. I curled my hair. I put on a cute outfit. My titties mm -hmm. were out. They were looking good. And I had accessories. Like, I did the whole thing. I was excited for this date. That's one thing men need to know before is, like, that we don't spend 30 minutes getting ready. It's always, like, an hour and a half. So if you're going to cancel, yes. So like if you're going to cancel, do it like a while before. And typically for me, if I don't get a text from a guy within two hours of the date, I'm not going to start getting ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he had been texting me the whole time like, oh, let's go. I'm so excited. Like, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. So I send him that text saying like, I would appreciate a heads up next time. I've been getting ready for the past few hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't heard back. <laughs> and he didn't show up. So, so I was stood him. up. And ghosted. And James, I'm calling you out, motherfucker. <laughs> His name is James, if you saw my TikTok. Riley Nelson 13, by the way. I think that's my TikTok. I no, it might so be Riley annoying. Nelson 18. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of the two. But if you want to see the TikTok with the receipts, it's there. Yeah. Thanks, Fuck James. I anyway, I'm not even, like, like, insecure about it or, like, hurt. I'm pissed that I got ready. Yeah, that's the one thing that you're, like, annoyed about is that. Yeah. And, like, he's not, he hasn't responded. He hasn't, like, contacted well, and me. and you also offered to reschedule. Yeah, like, I gave him an out. Right, and he still was like, no, it's okay, I'll still come. That's what makes me like, kind of more mad is that, you know? Yeah. Because he well, knew, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, well, that was a first for me, and uh, my ego did take a bit of a blow. But you know what? My ego, I have a really big one, so <laughs> I'm I'm back I'm back on the, well, I've, I've been on the apps. I've been talking to a few guys, but yeah, so we'll see how that goes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, finally, you will get to hear our guest that we have been talking about for weeks. We have John Berger joining us today on the podcast. John is a writer and a dating expert. He is the author of Datanomics, How Dating Became a Lopsided Numbers Game, and Make Your Move. He is a former senior writer at both Fortune and Money, and his work has appeared in Barron's, Bloomberg Businessweek, New York Magazine, The New York Post, Time, and The Washington Post. He is a familiar face and voice on television and radio, having been guest on ABC's Good Morning America, BBC World Service, 
CNBC, CNN, MSNBC, National Public Radio, and Fox News. You guys, like, how did we get this man on the podcast? I don't know, but he's here, and we're not mad about it. And we are so excited for y'all to hear this interview. So without further ado, here's John. All right, well, we can just start jumping into the questions. Um, So I have read both books, and I discovered you, obviously, from Girls Gotta Eat. And you were talking about datanomics a bunch on that podcast. And I remember when it came out, this was before like we had even started a podcast. I remember it came out. I was literally like deep cleaning the apartment. I had it playing over the speaker. And I was just like, oh my, like, even though it seems like it's something that's like, so like the answer is so simple. It wasn't something that was like ever like put in front. Yeah, it was never put in front of me until then. And I remember like stopping and being like, this is why dating sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, well, first off, thank you, Ravery. Thank you, Raleigh, for having me on. Um, I, I'm so glad you, you'd like the interview on Girls Gotta Eat because it's funny, the, the, the January 6th riot was happening like on TV in the corner as I was recording with them. So oh, I, I was worried, I, I, I was worried that like, I, I sounded totally distracted and, and moronic uh, because, yeah, I, I had some vague awareness of what was going on. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the interview, and I'm I'm thankful for you guys having me on. Yeah. So, I guess we'll just go ahead and start with the questions of. We'll start. I guess we'll start with datanomics, and then we'll move down to make. Yeah, your- sure. One of my first questions is, why did you choose college students for this study? Like, what about college students was intriguing to study dating pools? Well, so the great thing about college students, and feel free to correct me if this is no longer true, okay. but, but, but once upon a time, college campuses kind of acted as self-contained dating pools. The like, you know, college students at a, on a particular campus tended to date other college students. So the topic I was interested in datanomics was sex ratios. So, you know, a campus like Caltech, where it's you know um, you know sixty percent men, forty percent women, I could kind of talk to kids on the Caltech campus about how the oversupply of men affects dating. Uh, a campus like Sarah Lawrence in in New York, where it's seventy five percent women, twenty five percent men. I could talk to kids there about how that sex ratio affects dating on campus. So the, my my interest in college has less to do with the age of you guys and more to do the, with the fact that it's kind of a self-contained dating pool. Now, I, 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 I guess I could have gone to a retirement home where it's also, <laughs> you know, 75, 25 women to men, but that seemed less marketable from a book selling standpoint. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, it's really cool that you chose college students because yeah. I think we can, at least my generation and like our listeners can really relate to that because- specifically with Belmont, we were kind of emailing back and forth about this, but Belmont is so predominantly women. Yeah, like crazy. (laughs) I remember like, I, okay, so in high school, I never dated anybody, never had like a real boyfriend. I had a lot of guys I was talking to, never got out of the talking stage. And I had this idea in my head of, oh, I'm going to get to college and like, I'm going to get a boyfriend. I'm going to have all these guys. (laughs) And 
that's just not what happened. And I was so confused. I was like, what? Like, I thought this was going to be different. And then the kind of guys that we were seeing, you know, Belmont does. Belmont boys I've had trouble with. Yeah. Like there's been one good one that I dated freshman year, but then after that, I, I've sworn myself away from Belmont boys. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and so, so, wait, wait, so I, I, I have a question for both of you. When you yeah. applied to Belmont, were you even aware of the sex ratio? No, I was. <laughs> but but, but did, or, let me ask a related question. Did it ever occur to you that the sex ratio on campus would have a, a huge impact on the culture? No, not, I mean, no. looking at it now, 100%. But yeah. when I was going into it, never once thought about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, that's what I keep coming back to. The fact that a lot of college students are barely aware of, I mean, the, the Sarah, La I mean, Sarah Lawrence is 75-25, which means three women, am I, am I doing the math right? Three women for every one man, right? Um, yeah. And th that is a profound you know, um, sex ratio gap. But I interviewed so, so many women on campus at, at Sarah Lawrence who were kind of barely even focused on the sex ratio when they applied and when they decided to go. And at least socially, maybe not academically, but socially, it turned out to be the dominant feature of their college experience. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and as you may recall from reading Dynamics, there was one woman I interviewed who told me the story about a boyfriend who broke up with her after maybe a week of dating freshman year. And, and he actually used the word market when he broke up with her. In other words, the market for me is too good. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It, I That's was terrible. I was so fascinated reading about Sarah Lawrence because I mean, it's the, Ratio with Sarah Lawrence and Belmont isn't as like severe, but like I felt like I could kind of relate to it in a sense of like, oh my gosh, like that's kind of the same with Belmont because the guys kind of turned horrible because they have all these options. Right. Look, it's easy to say guys are bad, you know, girls are great, but I guarantee you, if you were the school that was 75% women or 75% men, 25% women, the women would be engaging in some, not the same kind of bad behavior, mm -hmm. but different, but sure. different kinds, different kinds of bad behavior. And there would be a lot of, a lot of decent guys who felt hurt by that behavior. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it's kind of a human thing, yeah. um, but, but, but. The world we live in is not one in which, you know, there's way more um, men than women graduating from college. It's the opposite. So that's what I'm writing about. Yeah, it's also fascinating, like reading through all this stuff and like seeing how drastic the numbers are of women graduating than men. And like, I know, like, you know, with men, there's more like military route and trade school and, you know, other options like that. But I just thought it was really fascinating to read about like how women are graduating at much higher rates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as you I mean, Raleigh, as you know, from having read both books that like in the first book, I, I was far more interested, at least in the final couple chapters in solving the boy problem in education than I was in dating advice or figuring out how to fix this, this, this problem for single educated women. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that was a mistake in hindsight, you know, I, and, and that's why I wrote Make Your Move in order to sort of like 
do what I should have done probably in dynamics and, and kind of come up with solutions. But but in terms of the boy problem, I mean, I I, I firmly believe that that this is a this is something that can be fixed if we kind of pay attention to neuroscience and brain science. And the reality is that the same way that girls mature physically or um, at a faster rate than boys, like girls reach that reach their kind of full adult height much sooner than boys do. Um, This applies to brain development as well. And like to a parent like myself, this is obvious. Like like, like a a 17 year old girl is basically a young adult. A 17 year old boy is basically a 13 year old boy who's taller. You know, like it's it's not it's it's not the same. And the, the science on this shows that the boys brain development kind of lags a year behind girls. Um, and this shows up in, in things like organizational skills, behavioral skills, um, mental acuity, kind of all the things that contribute to being good at school. So it's not in my mind that boys are inherently stupid and girls are inherently brilliant. It's that there's this kind of developmental gap and, you know, if I could be education czar for the day, I would have boys start first grade at age seven and girls start first grade at age six. And I, I firmly believe based on not just my supposition, but based on research on this exact topic, that this would go a long way towards solving the, the, the gender gap in higher education. Yeah. Do you think, well, I don't want, like, I just think I think that's a really good idea, but I feel like there would be a lot of pushback on that if that were to like even be implemented. But from like a developmental standpoint, that would make the most sense. So I, I, I'm very conscious of the pushback thing. But the thing is, if you look at um, what's been written by people, mostly kind of intellectual conservatives who are very focused on this gender gap in education, they want to do things that are far more complicated, like kind of totally reinvent school curriculums to make them boy-friendly. You know, like, you know, know, triple the amount of recess or totally change the the books that are assigned in schools or do all these kinds of very complicated things to make school more boy-friendly. And to me, that sounds way more difficult, way more hard to yeah. implement than just redshirting boys. And the great thing, the thing about redshirting boys is you don't even need to like get school districts to sign off on it. Like as a parent, you can make that choice yourself. Yeah. There's something that marks in the book that I want to like see because I thought it was a pretty cool point. It was on page 68 and it says, men are more successful at obtaining and retaining higher paying jobs when they know they must make a strong financial commitment in order to secure a wife. And my question with that is, is that why for guys, it, it can be the right person, but the wrong time. Like with men, you always hear about the one that got away. And from my experience, it always seems to be like, they're not ready yet for a family because they haven't succeeded yet in their career. So, so I'm, I'm, my recollection of that argument, I'm not sure about the page number, was that I was kind of talking, I, yeah, I was talking about Silicon Valley or China yeah. where where there's, in terms of the, th- these are kind of the rare areas where there's a shortage of women. And the science shows that when women are in short supply, the men are more motivated 
to prove themselves financially and professionally. And so I'm, I'm, you know, like there was a, there's a professor at Columbia who argues that I don't hold me to this exact percentage, but okay. something like something like 10% of the GDP, GDP growth in China is attributable, is attributable to the overall sex ratio gap. There being kind of more men than women uh, because the men are working so hard to basically earn a wife. Mm-hmm. In Silicon Valley, I kind of think there's something similar going on there because the, the, there's no shortage of really smart engineers in New York City. Why is it the disproportionate number of the of the like high flying companies are are in, are in Silicon Valley, not in New York City? I'm gonna go with cheaper land. So <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty expensive in uh, in 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 Silicon in like Santa Clara and San Francisco. These but I, I just think that like you know somewhere like a tech startup or whatever trying to build an office in Silicon Valley is going to be much cheaper than building one in New York. I don't know. I feel like that's also like why well, a lot of people are moving to Austin as well, like technology. Well, yeah. Like because the the yeah, that's like the center of all like high tech companies yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Is- so, I, no, I, I, I love Austin. I mean, if I, if I had my own tech company, I would move to Austin. But yeah, one of the things that you were talking about, I think, is the way that women will approach men. I think this is still in datanomics where all these intelligent women you see kind of like dumb themselves down for the approval of men. What, like, what do you think about that? And like, do you think that, do you see that a lot with your colleagues or... I, I don't know about dumbing down, but there is this notion out there that I hear a lot, and feel free to chime in if you think I'm wrong, that, 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 that women believe that if you show too much interest in a guy, he will be less interested in you. Oh, because they like, they like to chase and stuff? Yeah. 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 Is that is that a familiar concept? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like playing hard to get. I, yeah. I have never been the one, the one to play hard to get. Maybe back when I was in high school. Yeah, same. But yeah. now, no. Yeah, now I'm to the point where I'm like, it's no, like a waste like of you, time. Like yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna go for it. But yeah. I do have a lot of friends who will still say, "I'm old fashioned. I want to play hard to get. I would never approach a man. He has to approach me." And I'm just like, y'all, this is just but not. Then what happens is like they dumb themselves down, and it works. It works every time. Yeah, and like we're over here not doing that, and we don't have any guy talking to us. Yeah. Well, I, I, give me a sense of what dumbing themselves down looks like. Is it is like, it making is it making it clear to him that, that she likes you or or that she likes him? They're just kind of like ditzy, um, going off of like everything he says. It's like, oh my gosh, like animated, wide eyed, like doe eyed, doe eyed. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, stuff well, like that. I have this one friend that I'm thinking of, and so there was this night, and we met this whole group of guys, and. It was one of those things where it was like the sex ratio was perfect because it was a whole lot of guys and not many girls. So it was probably about twice the amount of guys as there was the girls. And, you know, all the guys are talking to us. And then throughout the night, like they stopped talking to me and they're circled around one of my friends who just- Okay, so, 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 okay, okay. So, so, so this, this is what's going on. If, if all the women, in this group are kind of reluctant to express interest in the guys and everybody is flirting in their own way without being direct. The, the, the woman who, who seems like 
overly interested in a stupid way it, it, it's it, it's going it, it's the closest thing to being direct and honest mm -hmm. because the fact is right. that, that, that guys like women who like them and every time i use this line like on a podcast or on the lecture circuit the women look at me like i'm fucking stupid whereas the men are all are all nodding in unison like that like that's obvious um, and men like women who like them. So what, the, the key to this is that the guy perceives that she likes him. So he's going to be into her. Right. If, right. If, if, if a smart girl said, hey, I really like you, let's go over here and talk a little more, that would have the same effect. But if the smart girl is playing it cool and waiting for him to prove to, to, to her something like th that's also particularly nowadays where kind of in this post me too world, it's tricky for guys to be assertive. Um, yeah, you know, and, you know, if you read like all the kind of old timey dating books like the rules or uh, ignore the guy, get the guy. I mean, they all they all argue for this very complicated version of playing hard to get. And the message that they want young women to send to young men basically boils down to not interested means keep trying. Yeah. Well, like a young guy these days, if a woman seems disinterested at a party or at the bar or at work or wherever, his takeaway, if he's smart, is not going to be, oh, she's playing hard to get. It's going to be, oh, I should stop. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's what I would do. If, if I got that vibe from someone, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to chase them. Oh, no. Like, yeah. I, I like, probably since my sophomore year of college, I kind of like, you know, really accepted myself and like came into myself as a person and like that was when I started like approaching guys for the first time and I would always have these guys like buying me drinks to like flirting with me and I remember all my friends would be like how the hell did you do that like the girls who played dumb is this is me I, I I always hate asking questions where I don't know the answer to it but I'm, I'm gonna wing it here with you guys okay the, 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 the girls who play dumb that you're describing at the party who have all the success with guys how often when you see them flirting do they touch the guy this time it was nothing like I remember, I just remember I'm, not, I'm just talking about touching his arm maybe maybe touching his hair I'm, I'm not talking about grabbing his ass or anything I'm just talking well, about, yeah of course yeah of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just <laughs> talking about we yeah, I, did an episode on flirting and we were talking about touching and I was like, you can touch a guy anywhere. And I was like, wait a second. Yes, but you, you know, without, without going way over the top, you can't yeah, touch yeah. a guy like, anywhere. You know, like arm or like, you know, just like mm -hmm. little hints that you're into it. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and guys really get into that and they know that they could never do what she's doing. Like, 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 like she, like, like, like she yeah. could touch his ear. Yeah, you know, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 to him, it's like you know. But but I think you know. I understand why there's a difference because, you know, a six foot two, hundred ninety pound guy, he's not going to be physically scared by a five foot four, hundred twenty pound. You know, like, yeah. like there's a safety difference here. And I and I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying should things should be the same at all. Yeah. But but women can do things with guys to communicate 
interests that guys cannot do. And I think there are a lot of women out there who are like three steps ahead on this. Yeah. And because because men like women who like them, they know how to how to communicate that. Yeah, for sure. I think too, I, I like that you brought up like the safety aspect because like dating as a woman can be so scary, especially like on the apps. And I know you talk about the apps. Yeah. Make your no, I, I, I mean, this is why like, like if I was, a, it's, it's very easy for me to say if I were a woman, but like if I were a woman, like yeah. the idea of dating yeah. on an app would be insane. Like, it, I, I, No, it's so scary. I do like so much. I mean, you, you talk about this in the book, but like and you're right. Like I do so much fact checking beforehand. I find their social, I will find their parents, their cousins. Like I go full FBI agent trying to know everything I possibly this can. Is every girl and any guy. That uh, of course. It's a, yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, I've, I've interviewed so many young women on this. Every first date from a dating app starts with all the kind of online fact checking that you that you just described, yeah. making sure that, you know, Robert, the hedge fund manager, isn't actually Bobby, the ex-con who's, who, who's actually Bobby, the married ex-con. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the next step is that, you know, Riley tells Avery, okay, I'm going to be at, at this sushi bar at 7 PM. If you yeah. don't hear, if you don't hear from me by eight, um totally you know, call like <laughs> right right she has, my, she has my location and i'm like okay right. we're going on a date uh if right. i don't text you call the police I'm yeah <laughs> right right but but and this makes sense on on many levels because i think you know the there's a a um a Pew Research survey, which I mentioned in Make Your Move, which shows that um, a majority of women can, you know, surveyed, young women surveyed, consider online dating to be unsafe. And one in five have been threatened with physical violence while on a dating app. Wow. So like if, 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 if there was some bar in Nashville where one in five women were being threatened with violence, like, like would you go back? No, not a shot. Uh, right. So, uh, so I, I, get it but, but I almost think the problem I mean, I mean that's the main problem but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about shift to a lesser problem which I think is kind of just from a romantic standpoint is important as well and that is if you go into a first date with that level of anxiety and nervousness mm -hmm. the odds of you falling in like or falling in love for that matter on a first date are zero uh, yeah, be, 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 because if you have that level of discomfort going into the first date, uh, there's a woman I, I whose story I tell on Make Your Move who told me basically she'd had so many bad experiences with online dating that she would enter. She began be, she began every online first date with kind of a level of kind of um, interrogation in which she would yeah. kind of like, you know, make sure everything he had told her online was true. But yeah, and and she described online dating as a doubter's game. Like she was, yeah. just, she she just assumed that everything she had been told was a lie. Yeah. Whereas whereas when she had been set up by by a friend, by a good friend on a, a, a like a friend of a friend kind of date, she didn't even bother googling the guy before the before the first date because she knew that her best friend would never ever 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 set her up with a guy who was unkind or untrustworthy. I mean, she may not be attracted to him, he may not be her cup of tea exactly, mm -hmm. but but she knew that that she would be safe. And 
just that that feeling of comfort going into the first date for her at least she said it was kind of even though he wasn't exactly what she was expecting she said it was she was just so open to new possibilities meeting him Mm -hmm. that it was the closest thing to love at first sight that she'd ever experienced i don't think you know online daters realize how much the the way you meet can can impact the outcome of the relationship Mm -hmm. yeah were you gonna say something i just feel like overall you are more um relaxed like when you know like you're like with someone safe you know Mm -hmm. because like if you're that anxious with someone that you meet on a dating app and that you don't know them like you're thinking about that the whole time and you're on like how you feel about that person yet you're just focused on Mm -hmm. like getting to know them and like making sure they're not a liar yeah like I can tell you because I have gone on both like dates with people I know and dating app dates and I remember well I had a crush on this guy and then he finally like asked me on a date and the nerves I had with him were so (laughs) much worse than the nerves I have with the dating app guys that being said it's a different kind of nerve because with him I'm not like oh my god am I gonna get murdered tonight like Right, right, exactly. So, (laughs) so there's there's a there's some research I I mentioned in Make Your Move, which shows that like 25 or 30 percent of couples who meet at work end up getting married. And and to me, this is the least surprising statistic ever because if you work with somebody for six months or a year or two years, there are very few surprises, right? Like like I mean, you you. You, you already know the, know the guy's values, you know his sense of humor, you probably know a whole lot about him. And the that first date, it, it, it may not be magic, but it's not going to be scary. You know, so, yeah. um, and, and I just think it's, it's so much easier to connect with somebody if you actually have some common ground and you know the person, sure. than if you're worried he's an ax murderer. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the whole I prefer time, that. Yeah. I always, yeah. like, I always will make jokes with guys because sometimes they'll just come on too strong, and so my first response is like, "You could be an axe murderer. I don't know you," and it like kind of will be like a flirty thing, but like I'm also not kidding. And then it still baffles me though how some guys like still don't understand like the safety aspect in dating for women. Like so, 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 so I, you know, I interview, I did a podcast with a guy was divorced is a um he's a writer who um and he was telling me a story about how you know creeped out he was the first date in which the woman clearly had knew everything about him based on the googling yeah. and i tried i tried to explain to him she's that you may think that's weird because you don't see it from her perspective she's trying to stay alive you're you're like trying to just you know have a second date yeah yeah it's it's scary I'm also like so hesitant like there's one guy that I met on an app that we got close to a relationship I was scared to even like on the third or I think it was like the fourth time we had hung out I was still scared to have him over to the apartment because I was like oh I don't know if I want him right to know where I live yet like I still know this guy yeah so so a million years ago when I was your age a complete date with a blind stranger was really really rare I mean like like newspaper classified ads, that kind of thing. Like it, it was a very rare thing. Nowadays, most first dates, I'm guessing, or at least for online dating, are complete dates with 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 are, are blind dates with complete strangers. And that right. that that, that and to me, you know, and you can you can see it in the 
in the breakup rates, you can see how this plays out. I mean, there's a study done by a Stanford professor, and he found that the one-year breakup rate for couples who meet on dating apps is 16%. For people who meet through friends and family, it's 9%. Um, meet as neighbors, it's 8%. Coworkers, 6%. Meet in college, 6%. Meet in church, 1%. Wow. So, so obviously, like, like if you're if you're dating people who you know in the real world, you know, it, it's going to be easier. And I, and, and I, you know, one of the points I always like to make is that like the way we approach dating shouldn't be that different from how we make friends. And I'm guessing. Okay. I, I'm guessing you guys are best friends or close to best. Yeah, friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're besties and roommates and. Okay. 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 I, I've used this line before, but can you imagine going on bestfriends.com and coming up with a with a relationship as significant as the one you guys have with each other? No. No. I mean, okay. There. How did you guys meet? Uh, sorority. Through a sorority. Yeah. Through shared physical experience. Yeah. Being, being in the being in the present. So human beings bond through shared experience. It, it's way. It's the reason. Like you're on a comedy show. Everybody has more fun and laughs louder in the presence of their friends yeah. than they do if you're sitting on your sofa watching the exact same comedy act by yourself. It's like the environment you're in. Right. You're at a sporting event. You know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Human beings bond through shared experience. And if you take the shared experience out, the, the human connection becomes harder to make. Yeah, wow. I completely agree with that. That's so interesting. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, wait, I just got that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it totally makes sense. Like you wouldn't yes. go like search for a best friend online. That means yeah. there are a lot of people on TikTok who are who'll be like, hey, I just moved to this city looking for friends. And then like yeah, and they'll like make yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. No, I no, I'm I am i am definitely not saying it's impossible. Yeah. I, 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 I would never say it's impossible to make a friend on Twitter or TikTok or impossible to find a soulmate on bumble or hinge or whatever yeah i'm just i'm just saying it's harder it's I, harder. I agree i think the apps are there to make the connection but i think you need to like get off of them as soon as possible right yeah i mean i mean my my favorite dating app is not a dating app which one is it meetup it's what? meet up meetup meetup.com meet you know you know meetup like where you oh, like you know yeah we're, oh, we're, we're like to meet up no, it's a, it's like, a, it's a meetup is an app or a website. Like if you're into kayaking or you want to join a running group or you want to go clean up the beach or clean up the park, or you're, you're an avid bird watcher, you know, th this is a way of like connecting people. Oh, it's with, like a club. Uh, 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 yeah. People, yeah. Like clubs, like connecting people with similar interests who live in the same cities or towns. And okay, that's, it's, that's it, 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 it has it has nothing to do with dating, but I firmly believe that like meeting people organically in that way is far more likely to lead to romance than connecting with a complete stranger at Sushi Palace from you know a Tinder yeah. date because well, because because if you if you're in like a running club with the guy or the girl, um, you know you've been with that person for for a while before you ever have that first date so by the time you get to the first date 
there are fewer surprises, fewer, you know, you, you already have it. You're already almost halfway there because yeah. if you, if you know the person, you already have a sense of whether you're compatible long before, before you actually meet up on that first date. Yeah. I have a friend who loves to volunteer and there's this um, group here in Nashville called, I think it's P PLN P or PLN people loving Nashville. And she has met so many guys through sharing with this. I'm like, girl, I need to come with you. Like, wait, what is she's it? She's gone on like three days just from guys that she's met at this like community event service. Right. And I, I bet you she wasn't concerned they were axe murderers. One no. of them turned out to be a little psychotic, but. All right. Okay. All right. I, yeah, <laughs> I, sh I, I shouldn't have guessed, but <laughs> yes. But yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, one of my worries that I expressed to make your move is that that um, twenty somethings are now so conditioned to looking for dates online that they're really missing out on real world people who they would connect with. Yeah. And you know, I, I did a um, I did a online event. Um, with a group at Rollins College in in Florida, mm -hmm. it's like a small liberal arts college there, and we we were talking about this stuff and kind of at the you know and, and I was you know I was talking a lot about online dating and why I think online dating sucks basically, and uh, one woman kind of towards the end of class kind of piped up and said, "Okay, I think I agree with everything you're saying, but how the heck am I supposed to meet somebody if not through a dating app?" Mm -hmm. and I, I took a chance and we, this was like a 30, this was like college class with about 30 kids in it. And we were doing this over zoom and I said, okay, well, let's go into kind of Brady bunch mode on zoom. So I can see every little square, like I can see everybody in the class. And we did that. And I said, I'm going to ask a question and I want to have a show of hands. And the question I asked them was, okay, how many of you know somebody from the real world? somebody you like and are attracted to whom you've ever wondered about dating. Right. 30 kids in the class, 30 hands went up. Wow. So, yeah, and, and like, I mean, are your hands going up? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yes. right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. So my response is why the heck would you date a complete stranger on Tinder if you could just ask out that guy or that girl who you already know and like? Why do we do that? I okay. Why do we not? I have out? a theory on this. I think our generation has gotten so horrible with confrontation. There is so much fear of rejection, and within our generation, like they can't, they can't have an argument with someone without it being like super extreme. Also, like we had a thing with our friend group, and I tried to pick up the phone and call people. Nobody would answer my call. They were all just sending, you know how like in text messages, you can send reactions where it's like, ha ha, yes. or like emphasize. Yeah. They were all just sending reactions. Not a single person would pick up the phone and have an adult conversation with me. Well, I mean, this is something we were talking about off air, so to speak, before before you hit record about yeah. this, my, my perception that the 20 somethings have this next level fear of awkwardness. Right. Um, and I, th I think this is kind of what you're talking about, Riley, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like that, that people are so scared of disagreement, awkwardness, confrontation, um, that they kind of take a pass on, on 
making a real human connection because they're so fear of what they're so fearful of what might happen if if they're wrong yeah so why are we not afraid of that then if we're like not afraid of like rejection like going up to somebody and saying hi or like confronting someone like what's the difference between us and them where they don't do that i'm gonna guess emotional maturity I'm like, yeah, it's like something like that, but, but I'm just like, it, yeah, it, I, I mean, look, look, just just to clarify or be fair, I'm when I talk about this, I'm not talking about walking up to a stranger in a bar, yeah, because you know, like, I mean, I I do believe there's a lot to be gained, a lot of knowledge to be gained by being in the physical presence of somebody. You can tell a lot about people from their body language and from the sound of their voice, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that's not really my argument. I'm I'm in favor of dating people whom you already know in a, like a meaningful way from the real world. Yeah. I'm not talk I'm not talking about dating people who you met 30 seconds ago. Like, yeah. or, or yeah. you just see across the hall or something. It's someone that you already have like a connection with, like some sort yes. of relationship yes. with. Yes, but be, because, because, you know, again, human relationships are built, are built on shared experience. And mm-hmm. it's much easier to form a romantic relationship with somebody who you have some kind of basis with. Yeah. So you think like, is it okay for you to be talking to them for like a month or a month and a half? Or do you actually have to build a friendship first? Like, which one do you think is better? No, what he's saying is like I'm saying I'm saying you already know the person before you even think about dating. Yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. So it's not like yeah. you want to talk. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's a there's a professor whose name I'm going to forget, but I'm sure you and your listeners can Google this and find it easily. But there's there's a professor at Boston College. I think she's kind of a psychology professor who yeah. gave this assignment to her class in which they she told them to um, ask out somebody on a coffee date. And it can't and it can't be by a text or anything like that. You have to actually go up to somebody and, so yeah, and, <laughs> and and you know, for her generation, or in this case, my generation, you know, that wouldn't be great, it'd be a little scary, but but uh, for your generation, you know, kids these days, um it's like it, was, it, it, it was it was paralyzing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, the first few times she did this class, um the the kids the kids the, the the young adults in her in her seminar um, found it to be a really kind of eye opening experience and, and and I think there was actually a marriage or two that resulted from from you know from this yeah you just no, gotta ask I, I, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh why are we so I don't know why it's so scary it's just like oh this is something that's crazy I don't know it might have been in your book or I might have just like heard this somewhere else I can't remember but our generation will see somebody that they find attractive, then get on the apps and swipe until they find that person. Well, there's, a, there's a story. There's a story I tell them. Make your move. It's not yes. my story. It's not my story. So I have to. I have to give credit where credit is due. But but Brian Howie, who. Um, is a, a friend of mine and he, a, a, a very talented guy who has a, a podcast and also kind of a traveling, I'm going to call it a comedy show, but he would, he, he would say it's more than that. It, it, it's called the, the great love debate. It, it's oh, kind yeah. of a, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's a kind of a funny town hall on the state of modern dating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brian tells the story about a woman who came to his show who met a really hot guy in a shared Uber ride and couldn't wait for him to get out of the Uber so she could find him on Tinder. Okay, you know what? I have to admit, 
I have done this. I have done this <gasps> one time. It was a, it was a guy at a coffee shop. He was, well, he was the barista and I thought he was really cute. And all I had to go off of was his first name. Of course, the FBI agent and me found him on social media, but I waited to like, I like didn't follow it or anything. And me and my sister both got on the apps because we thought he was cute and we swiped for hours. And this was like a wow. few, this was like a few years ago, but like, it's just crazy that like, did you I'm find him? So afraid to like. Talk. I did find him. Yeah, well, and we matched. Yeah, so he started talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 don't you think it would have gone better if you just said said to him, "Hey, I like you. Can I give you my number in the moment?" Gosh. Rather than rather yeah. than going all FBI agent on. No, it would have totally been so much better. I was just scared. <laughs> you can say like, "Can I get your number?" Or you know, I think that's less scary than saying, "Can we kind of take you out on a date?" Yeah, I think that's less scary than asking them out on a date. I mean, there's another story I tell in Make Your Move. Um, it's kind of a kind of a, a viral social media thing about a woman who it was at a football game and she tweeted a selfie of herself with a cute guy in the row behind her, and and the caption in the photo was, "Everyone help me find this guy," I, or uh, "I want to go out on a date with him," and like to me, I'm like what the fuck are you doing? Just turn around and say hi. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, and, you know, and both of them were very attractive. I, I'm confident that she would have gotten a very clear sense early on whether, you know, whether, you know, there was any chemistry or not. But like this idea that, that rather than turn around and talk to somebody, you're going to send out a tweet. And on social media. Yeah. yeah. I don't get that. I think, doing that playing hard to get is definitely more like a woman's game because I think so, men don't really play hard to get. They're just really not interested in you. Like, I just don't think it, it's deep. You no, know, I, I, I agree. And it's a woman's game. I would say because women tell each other that's the way men are. Yeah. And maybe um, in like the sixties and seventies that would have worked, but like I, I'm not, I, I'm not even sure. Like, and, and I, I'm guessing you guys have lots of guy friends. Yes, you have guy friends. Yeah, we have like we have a good okay. amount. H have you ever heard a guy say to you, you know, I really really like Susie, but I'm gonna have to break up with her because she's too enthusiastic about me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wow. No. I have yeah. guys being like, oh, this girl's obsessed with me. Blah blah blah. Like. Yeah, he's showing off. It's not that, that that's not about um him wanting to be with her or not. That's about yeah. you know, um men like women who like them. And I, I just I I tend to believe that the more and this really is a human what I'm about to say really applies to all people, not not particular genders, but I really believe that the more you put yourself out there, the more that you'll get back. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say like, the best relationship I've ever had was um, with this guy that uh, goes to school in Vermont. And it like we broke up because I didn't want to do long distance. But he like at first treated me so well. And I was like just getting out of this relationship, like this terrible relationship, like before I met him. Um, but he treated me so well. And like he was in a way, I think, like not obsessed with me. Like he was like a healthy obsessed, like in like a loving way, you know? To like where I kind of saw it as like, like, oh my God, like this is scary. Wait, you're like, like showing interest in me? Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I need to like run away. It's like pushing me away, but it was the best relationship I ever had. So I was like, I don't well, know. Also, because I get it. I get, I get what they mean. But yeah. Yeah. Well, also like with this too, um, the gender ratios at his school right. were majority male. 
So I was like, yeah. oh, kind of interesting, you know. Did you go to UVM or you know, RPI or UVM or where did you go? Oh, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, he was in town for the semester because, you know, being in college, we were all on Zoom. And so a lot of students were just like traveling and like living in other cities to do classes. Yeah. And so I thought it was kind of fascinating that like, you know, he was even willing to get in a relationship, Me too. you know, like being yeah. on vacation. Well, I- like, like, well, 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 one of the funny little things I discovered with datanomics that maybe other people knew, but I didn't, is that skiing is a, and, and snowboarding is an overwhelmingly male thing. Mm-hmm. So these ski towns in Vermont or people who want to go to school in Vermont or want to go to school in, in Colorado or, or get into like, you know, the skiing industry, it's overwhelmingly male. And um, I, I'm not surprised that a school like Middlebury that probably attracts a lot of kids who love to ski um, has a different kind of sex ratio than Skidmore or Vassar or other schools that don't have that kind of ski thing going on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's, there's actually a story I tell in, in Datanomics about a woman who got fed up with life in New York and I think she moved to Vail, Colorado and immediately met her husband. Yes, I, that wow. story was like incredible. Yeah. What are some things that you would suggest doing? I know in, um, oh, where is it? And Make Your Move, you have the- what The is challenge? The, the challenge, yes the, yes. the dating app detox or whatever. Yeah, they, they make your move offline <laughs> dating <laughs> challenge. Yes, buy it. But, but the, the gist of it is to basically take a break from the apps. It's like a, it's like a juice cleanse or <laughs> thing where, yeah, um, but yeah, except this one improves your love life. Um, take a break from the, <laughs> take a break from the apps. Don't be afraid to ask men out. Who do you know in the real world who you already know and like? Um, yeah. Who's, who's single, make that list rank them and then start at you know you know begin with number one and start asking them out on dates and i'm telling you that that it is so much easier for a woman to ask out a guy on a date than it is for a guy to ask out a woman on a date i know i've repeated that so many times on the podcast i know yeah we told that we tell women all the time we're like stop waiting around like this like playing hard to get is not a thing anymore we're done with it women be confident you know, yes. so many guys have said they love it when girls approach them. Of course. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. just like, by, we do polls. Um, I guess we'll start doing them every Monday, but um, we do polls on our Instagram to like, you know, just get everyone's opinion and see like what is going on in the dating world, you know? Right. And it's so funny how overwhelmingly, almost 100% of men are like, no, I want the girl to make the first move. Right. Like, I, you know? And, 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 and I just want to say, like, I'm guessing some of your listeners might think, oh, the reason the guys like the first, you know, women make the first move is because they're lazy and it's easier. And and I think it goes beyond that. You know, it's, it's that guys can act more naturally and just be themselves if they're not peacocking, if they don't feel like they have to prove something, if they already know that she likes him it's just so much easier to act naturally than if there's this kind of level of anxiety about whether she's just tolerating me or actually likes being around me. Well, yeah, I feel like guys are under the stereotype of like, oh, this guy's hitting on me. Like he's a creep. Mm-hmm. You know, like he could just be like trying to like hook up with me or something, you know? And like when they approach the girl first, but when the girl approaches the guy first, then it's like a whole different narrative for them. 
Well, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm like, I almost, part of me thinks that the more you put yourself out there, the less likely you're going to get taken advantage of in the way that you're talking about. Because, because just think about the difference between saying to a guy, hey, let's meet up at this party or hey, let's, let's go get coffee sometime versus telling the, your coworker or the guy you've known for a while, hey, Jim, Jared, whatever his name is, I've always liked you. I've always felt really nice around you, comfortable around you. Would you like to go out on a date with me on Friday? He's not going to take advantage of the, of the latter. Like he, like you are really putting yourself out there and the, the odds of him reacting or taking advantage and reacting badly or thinking that you just want to hook up are so much lower than the playing it safe version of, hey, let's meet up at the party. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think a lot of times. Am I wrong? Or, I mean, I'm just no, curious. I, I agree with that a lot. I think that makes sense. I, I agree. I think though, one thing about our generation is they love to talk and everybody knows everything about everyone. You know, one thing I've seen with some of my girlfriends who have put themselves out there, what a, like I've had a, a friend asked a guy out. They ended up going out and like, it was a fine time, but like eh, nothing crazy. Well then next time I hung out with a friend group of guys, they were all like laughing and like making fun of her for doing that, you know? Oh, were you talking? Oh. Wait, the, wait the, the guys were or the women were? No, the guys, guys were. were like, oh my God, she asked him out and like, he's not even into her, like blah, blah, blah. I, I, no, that may be, you, you may be onto something new. I mean, I've, I, there's, I, I certainly believe and there's actually a study I referenced in Make Your Move that, that women kind of, one of the ways women kind of manage the dating market or control the dating market is by trying to prevent other women from being assertive with men. I'm going to acknowledge I'm, a, I'm in my early 50s. It's been a while since I've been single. Um, but when I was single, I, I, I don't recall a complaining about women who are assertive. <laughs> you know, quite, quite, quite the opposite. Um, I, like, you know, I think about that all the time. Like I'm like, there's a few guys, which unfortunately they run in the same in the same circle, but there's like two guys in this friend group that I think are so cute. And I'm like, I would love to like go on a date with them, but like, I don't want the other guys talking about me the way I've heard yeah. guys talk about some of my friends, you know? And so I think hearing that was like, oh shit, like maybe I should. I, again, this is going back, you know, a while, but my recollection is that the worst guy talk about women were, was about women who, was typically about women who mistreated our friends mm -hmm. like you yeah. know that kind of thing and in that case you will hear a lot of like garbage um but again maybe things have changed but i don't recall a lot of conversations complaining about women who are too assertive or too enthusiastic yeah. you know I, I, it's just not a not something i remember i am trying your detox right now um i've been on the app since like freshman year of college and I've had a little bit of success with them. I will say though, like one thing I'm proud of myself for doing with the apps is getting really good at dating and like getting good at like meeting new people and like bantering and having conversation without it being like awkward. So I will say the apps helped me get a lot of experience in that realm, but I just deleted the apps because one, the book. And then two, I had like a really bad experience last week. Yeah. Was it last week? Yeah. Avery and I, we... 
we were like both like, oh my God, we have these guys. <laughs> yeah. And then like last week it all just fell apart. It just, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like talking to this guy from an app and he had texted me 15 minutes before we were supposed to meet for dinner that he like was running, that he had just gotten off work. And I was like, well, like, you know, I would appreciate you just give me a heads up next time. He was texting me literally all night. And then uh, he ghosted me and he stood me up for the date. So after that, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with Gabs. But Raleigh, you're you're into the the make your move offline dating challenge, right? Yeah, well, I... Have have you made your list yet? No, I haven't made my list. First step was deleting the apps. (laughs) Okay. Do you know who would be number one on the list? Yes. So I did. And I know you don't want like texting interactions, but I just texted him like recently, but it, he didn't answer. So I'm like, fuck, sorry. No, no, no. I don't know how you feel about that. No, we, we can swear all you want. I, I, I wouldn't do it on text. I would, is, is he, is he local? Like, is well, he so cause I texted him. He's like kind of, he's not in the friend group. He's like on like the outskirts of the friend group. He like, you see him every now and then. He's like, he's a college student at, at, at your, at your yes. school, right? Well, I, no, not any, he was, he's not anymore. He graduated. But he, he lives um, locally. Yes. And so I just texted him. I was like, Hey, what are y'all doing tonight? I didn't have any plans and I was like kind of feeling like going out. So I was just like trying to see what they were up to. And then he didn't answer. And I was like, okay, but oh, this is a, wait, 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 is this a group? Is this a group text or is this to him personally? No, this was just to him. But if somebody texted you, Hey, what are y'all doing tonight? Would you assume that meant that, that, uh, he, that he's really into you? Depending on who it is. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. If but he's not like a close friend. Like if he texted no, me, no, what I'm t- I'm, 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 I, look, I'm telling you, the more you, the more you put yourself out there, the more you'll get back. And I know it's scary as fuck, but you <laughs> know, it, it, yeah. it, it, but like I'm, I, I don't assume that everybody's looking for a relationship or a happily ever after or a husband or a wife. That's not the world I operate in. But typically, the people who buy dating books tend to be people who are looking for a soulmate, true love, mm-hmm. a partner, that kind of thing. And it's just, it always amazes me the risks that people are willing to take to get a job that they would never take to like find a soulmate. Yeah. Like, you know, like, wow. you know, like, like for a job, people like show up and like get in the face of the boss and say, you need me to like, you know, to like, but why wouldn't, I'm not saying be crazy, but like, why wouldn't you put yourself out there in the same way with somebody who you really think. Right. That's you're, so true. <laughs> you're, you know, I, I love that. Like if you want a relationship and stuff, like why, why is that something that we always put on the back burner? If that's like, what's important to you? Yeah. And again, I'm not saying it has to be important to you. I mean, I know lots of people who are single and happily single and have no intention of ever being unsingle. And, and that's great. Like I'm, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be partnered. Yeah. Okay. So one last thing that I want to talk about is hookup culture because I know you touch on it a bit in the books what is your take on hookup culture and how do you think that it affects relationships and dating my take on it I'm not going to be the one to pass judgment on it like when I write about hookup culture in datanomics it's not so much whether it's good or bad it's explaining why hookup culture is more intense in certain communities and less intense in others. Okay. And, and my argument in datanomics is that in communities 
where the sex ratios are highly lopsided, where you have, or in particular, when you have 30, 40, 50% more young women than young men, that those kinds of environments lend themselves to the, hook, the hookup culture. And I, and I firmly believe that the rise of the hookup culture in the 2000s and, and beyond is, is highly tied to the, what I call the college gender gap. Mm-hmm. And, and, this, and this isn't a new thing. You know, one of the things I write about in datanomics is how this has happened before. Like if you look at um, the flapper generation in the 1920s in Europe, um, you had something like 10 million young men die in World War I and probably another 10 million who were seriously injured. Um, there was a massive shortage of young men in Europe and to a lesser extent in the U.S. And this is kind of what led to a loosening of sexual mores in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. In the 1960s, you had kind of the, the, the baby boom or the kind of the result of the baby boom. Mm-hmm. And the baby boom wouldn't have mattered if there wasn't a traditional age gap at marriage. Like if you had like 22 year old guys marrying 22 year old women, the baby boom wouldn't have made a difference because the same number of boys and girls are basically born every year. But if you have four or 5%, if you have 24 year old boys or men marrying 20 year old women, which is kind of the traditional age gap back then, well, think about how many more women were born in 1949 than men who were born in 1944, because because the way that the way the baby boom worked, every one year age group had had about every one year cohort had about four percent more people than the one that preceded it. So basically, throughout the 20 year period of the baby boom, every year there were like five percent more babies born. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be more girls born in 48 than boys born in 1944 and then you and then you fast forward you have 24 year old guys dating 20 year old girls there's there's 20 percent more of those 20 year old girls than there are the 24 year old yeah and i'm i'm probably making this overly complicated but 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 the the argument that i make and i'm not the first to make it if you read the book uh too many women by marcia gutentag who is a Harvard professor, she made the same point. And she argued that the the sexual revolution of the 1960s and 70s was almost entirely a byproduct of this gender gap. Wow. That's like that's crazy. How like that one single thing can like affect she, well, 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 I'll blow your mind even more. She argued that the feminist movement of the 60s and 70s was a was a backlash against men exploiting women during the sexual revolution. And I'll go out there and tell you that the Me Too movement is a backlash in some way, the same way Marsha Gutentag wrote about the 1960s and 70s. There is a connection between the lopsided college sex ratios um, and the way men exploited them and the resulting Me Too movement. Yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't put an exact percentage thing on it, but I guarantee you they're connected. Yeah. It is really nerve wracking for guys because they're like, they're questioning everything in their head. Like, yeah. oh, am I making her uncomfortable? Well, good guys. Yeah. Let, me, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Good guys, not 
because there are still guys out there who just don't care, you know, but the good guys are usually the ones that don't approach you in the bars because they don't want to bother you. They don't want to like make you uncomfortable. They're the ones hiding in the corner, you know, but. Right. And and that's why women who are assertive have such a built-in structural advantage over other women who kind of wait and wait and wait to be courted mm-hmm. because there are just too, particularly nowadays, there are just too many guys who will not take the chances that, that their fathers or grandfathers might've taken. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thing because I think some of these things that we as guys did way back when to kind of, you know, get the attention of women probably weren't so good. One thing I thought I, read in your book was how in i think it was that dating what's what's the traveling thing that he was doing like the comedy the, show that oh the, the great love debate the great, the great love, love debate. Yeah. yeah brian howie yeah maybe it was that or maybe it wasn't but you're talking about this in your book of how girls were not saying that they didn't want men to approach them they just didn't want like guys they weren't attracting attracted to to approach them right yeah no the, yeah the, the story that we're that you're referencing there was a um, you know, I mean, Brian does this um, kind of shtick or exercise, whatever you want to call it, in which he will um, ask for two volunteers. Um, and I, I've been like on the panel of his show six or seven times. So I've seen this play out a lot. And so he'll, he'll ask for um, two volunteers. Uh, he needs a woman who claims she's approachable and a guy who claims he's got game. And then he'll like, you know, call them up. And he tells them, okay, pretend you're in line at Starbucks. You, the guy, it's your job to pick her up. And, and, and basically, it's like you have 90 seconds go. It's like that kind of thing. Oh. And, and, you know, it's, this is mostly for giggles and laughs, you know, or at least for the audience. But it is an interesting exercise. And I'll say that... I've been on on the quote unquote expert panel of the show six or seven times, and I would say maybe a third of the time, maybe half the time he's done this exercise, the the guy has touched the woman to get her attention. Again, I'm not saying he grabbed her ass or anything like that, but you, but you, yeah, you touched her shoulder, touched her arm, touched her back, that that that, that kind of thing to get her attention. And you know, Brian, like after the couple of minutes are up Brian does kind of a post-mortem in which he asks like people in the audience to comment on what what just transpired mm-hmm. and he always you know the, the the touching comes up a lot and he always asks like women what do you think about the touching like raise your hands if you like you know that kind of thing and it's always the same one third of the women um hate it and think it's harassment one third don't mind it one third say they they only don't mind it if the guy is hot. Right. Yep. And the you know this is kind of I think a really useful exercise and I think really kind of eye opening for guys because I'm telling you there are even hot guys who don't know that they're hot or touch worthy or that kind of thing. There's no shortage of hot guys who wouldn't think of them who like automatically like would think oh I'm the guy who's allowed to touch your shoulder. Yeah, and yeah, and as a as a result, you end up with this kind of like miscommunication in which 
you know, guys, particularly nowadays are, and for the most part, I think it's good. I think, I, I do think as I look back, some of the behavior that maybe went on in college, you know, when I was in college probably wasn't so great. And so I think it's a good thing as a parent of young boys that things are changing and boys are more cautious. Well, but, but at the same time, I think there's almost an opportunity for women to take advantage of this because the guy, the, the, the guys who are the relationship material don't know how to act anymore. So, so women have this massive opportunity to just basically go get them. Yeah. Yeah. Take control. Like, well, it's kind of right. like, like the woman yeah. touching the guy is kind of her saying like, it's okay. I'm into you. You can like touch me. Yeah. Too. That's what I you think know? too. Yeah. Whereas like with the guy touching the girl, and this is something that I have had happen recently, the way that like at bars, it's it's so creepy. Like guys will just walk behind you and grab your hips to like move you and be like, oh, sorry, coming through. Or they'll touch like your lower back where it's like basically your butt. And it's like, that kind of touch is very different than like a, like I wouldn't mind. But, but, but even like, but I'm, but I'm telling you, I mean, guys don't, don't parse it out in the same way. And like, I, I got into the world of being a dating writer, like not through being a dating expert. It was kind of mm -hmm. just through kind of market. And I was a fortune magazine writer through market analysis. So th th there are all sorts of things that like I've been thinking about now that I've had this career change that yeah. I never thought about before. And, and the touching has been a big thing. And I think about all the times when I was younger, I was in a casual setting and somebody I knew touched my hair. I thought there was something wrong with my hair. Like, like I, I thought I had something in my hair, yeah. you know, and, and a guy like isn't going to assume guys aren't going to be scared by the touching and they're going to be more, more likely to be confused or like, is she touching my hair because I have something gross in my hair? Whereas a woman who's, if a guy comes up to you and starts touching your hair, uh, that that's a different thing. That's a very different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that hookup culture like is so prominent within my generation. Nobody will date anymore. Also, the other thing too is like guys use like dating and labels like to them dating is marriage and they're like I don't want to get in a relationship because like you know yeah. I like they treat it so much bigger than it is and I'm like dating is just dating but like the second that there's like a boyfriend or girlfriend label on it they're like they freak out wait no nope, yeah. don't want you to think that you know I, I know you I mean I know you're right to some extent but I've just I interviewed all these women who who kind of like went about it in the opposite way and their approach was I really want to be in a relationship with you mm -hmm. I really really re like not like cautiously being worried about scaring him away I mean like you remember there was a Riley the, the story about the the woman in the open relationship um in the book yeah who but, had the husband and then the boyfriend this husband and the boyfriend yeah. and with the with the boyfriend she just was all in and like, you know, and he thought she just wanted a hookup and, and he said no. And she told him, no, um, I really, really like you. I want to have a relationship with you. Yeah. And, and she was very direct and very honest about the whole thing. And guys find that level of directness to be a major turnoff. Yeah, I've just had the opposite experience. Like, yeah, I got to this point with this guy and I was like, I really no. like you. I want to date you. And he was like, hmm. I don't want a relationship, uh, and okay, okay, but but, but like, Riley, but Riley, 
the good news is you never have to think about that guy again, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing though. I had already formed like such an emotional connection with him. That one was rough. That was a big blow to my I, head. I, I, I know, but you'll, but, but, you'll, but, you'll, but you'll never have to go back and think, oh, if I'd only handled that one a little differently, if I, if I had made it clear to him that I liked yeah. him. Because, yeah. because there are so many kind of misconnections out there, stories of people who maybe should be together, but aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, <gasps> The, the, the nice the nice thing about that story i know it doesn't seem nice it seems painful and awful but yeah. i'm going to tell you the nice isn't the right word but the productive thing about that story is you never have to worry about them again and that's that's true that is one thing i try to live by um i if i like a guy even if it's like so obvious and we've been dating i'm like hey by the way i like you and they're like i know and i'm like well i just needed to make sure that like you knew that right like, yeah i needed to make sure that i was said out loud and you know that I like you and I want to date you. And then they always freak out the second dating comes into play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like pretty direct. One thing too, I love this quote in your book because I, it was kind of relating to the hookup culture, but I related to it a lot. And I think a lot of women our age do. I hate this feeling, the pressure to sell my body to men, to dress scandalously just to get their attention, just to get them to notice me then all they want is a one night stand. They will just use me for sex and they don't give a shit about me as a person. Yeah, that's from Datanomics. And, and the point is, I just, I, just, I, I don't think, I, I want young people to know that the experiences they have on college campuses aren't necessarily all about them. And that, that the, the, ba- the bad behavior they experience from others isn't because they did something wrong. It's because they're they're on a campus in a culture that I believe in some instances may be toxic for women in particular. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. these college campuses, they're 60, 40 women to men, which is 50% more women than men. Belmont, uh, it's Belmont, right? That, that yeah. is uh, yeah. is is it's even worse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. two girls for every one guy. Yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, you can people behave differently, and um, there's all this research show that shows that men devalue women when women are in oversupply. And I, I think that quote kind of re- reflects um, a culture in which one sex is devalued because they're they're in oversupply. Right. I'm we keep doing this. I know I know <laughs> like from what I, okay like from what I'm hearing I need to get out of the college environment and go to an environment that's just like not on campus and I guess like but we don't date on campus we date no. like outside of well Belmont because yeah you've had I have but you haven't yeah I've never had any success on Belmont also yeah. Belmont is just like it's not diverse at all and yeah. it's a bunch of skinny white dudes who do music and are kind of mediocre <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's just like it's not my type of guy it's not like the person I mean, it's, yeah it's so sad. it's just yeah I, I mean if it's a does Belmont have a big music conservatory yes so yeah Belmont yeah. is like I don't it's I almost want to say it's a liberal arts school but it's not but like they have such they have like a huge music business they have huge music program and a huge um entertainment program yeah well i think that's all the questions i have i really i'm glad that we talked about the hookup culture thing because yeah. like that quote just like hit so, me so, so so i'm gonna pause and just just clarify that like i'm i'm very i'm very reluctant to go overboard in terms of passing judgment on hookup culture mm-hmm. because i've just 
every time I even go down that road a little bit, there's inevitably in the audience a woman who bites my head off afterwards and will tell me, you know, uh, I'm really happy. I like I have all these boyfriends, like you know, and I'm and I'm not like I'm not in the business of telling people how to live their lives and who they should have sex with and not have sex with. I'm much more focused on like why the hookup culture is growing as yeah. opposed to whether it's a good thing. And you know, th there's a, there's a professor I interviewed for Make Your Move. Uh, her name is Aditi Paul. She teaches it. Pace University in, in mm -hmm. New York City. She has done some research and I'm probably going to get the details wrong, but I think she found that women use dating apps for hookups more than men do. Interesting. That's fascinating to me because I've never... I would think the opposite. I, yeah. Where, where you would, yeah, you would, if that's why it's interesting. Just in my opposite. experience. But, 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 but we, I, I think... I think maybe it was the same amount. Whatever it was, it was it was a surprising outcome. I, I I think there's a gap between what we think in terms of guys only want to hook up, women only want to have relationships, and what actually plays out. Yeah, I mean, I have yet to meet a guy that wants a relationship, but maybe it's me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be that you're 21 or 20. I don't, I don't know how old you're, but but you're you're, you're you're in college, so yeah. Yeah, this is a terrible time to like even try to date, but it's like, it sucks. My sister, just boyfriend after the next. And she's, well, she's I'm at, kind like, of a, the same. You're the but, same but, too. I but, don't but, know. But, but, but does she live in a different environment? Does she go to oh, like a, totally. a she does she go to Georgia Tech or something where there's she all goes these to Texas Tech, yeah. There we go. So, yeah, <laughs> there we go. But like, even in high school, she has always had a boyfriend just after the next. And I'm like, how do you get all these guys to commit to you? I can't get one. <laughs> Because she tells them she wants to commit them to commit to her. There you go. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just don't have anyone to tell because no one ever shows it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more the issue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you always have a boyfriend too. I don't know how y'all get guys to commit to you because anytime I get to like a place with a guy where it's like that, like, you know, like three, four month mark of like talking, it's like, okay, like, are we going to yeah. date or not? What are we? And yeah. Every time that conversation comes up, they're like, oh, I'm not emotionally available. I don't want a relationship. Bye. And I'm like, that's not what you told me whenever we first uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, okay. So I, with, with your sister, who's the relationship expert, do these, <laughs> relation, do these relationships begin at the three or four month mark or do they begin at the one week mark? Mm. Well, they usually, oh God, my parents are going to kill us. They start with hookups <laughs> for her. Really? Yeah. Right, right, but but they, they quickly morph into into committed relationships, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So like I, I think letting it drag on three, four months without, you know, without making it clear, like, okay, I want a relationship. If you don't, like I I, I wouldn't let it drag on that long. Well, I don't typically either. like I put on my profile, like, well, when I had the apps, like I'm looking for a relationship. And if guys no, no, okay, all right, all right. No, all right, okay, we record this. Nobody reads the profiles. <laughs> get, get, yeah. guy, get, guys, look at the picture and maybe and maybe read a, like a few words or two. Women, oh. women read everything the guys write, but but guys don't look at dating profiles because it's not it's not a um, and this gets back to my fundamental problem with dating. It, it it's not real. Like it's it's a like th th there's a woman I 
a divorced woman who I was friends with for a while, who um, she loved the dating apps, but not because she ever went out on dates with any of them. But for her, it was like this, this, this game that she would play at night called um, He Thinks I'm Hot. So like, you know, th th so she would like basically <laughs> swipe through all these guys who were messaging her. She had never no intention of ever going out with them, but she just enjoyed the, the, the attention. The, the attention. Um, a lot of women do this. Right, and I think, I, 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 I think, you know, there was a study I, sh I saw which showed that something like the, the average Gen Xer or, you know, like, adult age Gen Xer is spending, or maybe millennial, is spending upwards of 20 hours a week on dating apps. Now, now that is that is an insane amount. And there's no way you're doing that if you're taking it seriously. Like the only way you would spend 20 hours on a dating app is if you're using it like TikTok or, or yeah. Twitter as a form of entertainment. And- I've done that. Um, and so, so, so guys, like if you say, well, it was in my profile, like, well, that's, you got to tell yeah. them, well, you, you, this gets back to my message. You, you, you can't just, them, you have to tell them, but you know, a lot of them will open with, what are you looking for? Every time I say relationship, they don't respond, they unmatch. And then there's like a handful that will like keep talking to me. And then it gets to that point. And they're like, nope, never mind. Well, I think they want to be the expert. Have you, Riley, have you ever been to the party with, you know, like with a group of friends and you start talking to a guy? Has the guy ever said to you, what are you looking for? No. No, of course not. Because that's not, because, because that's not how real people interact in the real world. Yeah. yeah we keep comparing true. it to dating apps and it's just not safe. Yeah. Yes. N nobody would ever say what. If you're at a, Chris a, at a family Christmas party and you meet some cute guy, he's not going to say you. you know, no, no, like I don't know, like <laughs> your neighbor, like, like, your, like your neighbor down the street at Christmas yeah. is, is having a party, and you meet some guy and you're hitting it off. He is not going to say what are you looking for. Yeah, that's, that's so weird. True. That's so weird. Uh, well, like mafia apps, no. Okay. I'm I'm done. I quit them. I mean, we'll see this, how might, this might be wrong. I don't know if this is right, but I think a lot of guys like to be the exception. I think a lot of women like to be the exception. I think a lot of human beings like to be the exception. Okay. I think everybody likes to think that they're special and kind of deserving of, right. of special yeah. stuff. So yeah, so mafia apps now. I'm trying the detox. We'll see how it goes. All right. So uh, yeah, I, it, let me know how the detox goes because I always like happy endings. Here. We'll see. Yeah, Same. we'll see. Thank you so much, John, for coming on. And we really appreciate getting all of your insight. Um, can you go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you and you can go ahead and plug yourself? Sure. So it, um, you know, my, my books, Make Your Move and Datanomics are available on on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, basically any any uh, any place you buy books nowadays. Um, if you want to find me on social media, I'm at John Berger One on Twitter. Uh, I'm my name is spelled a bit oddly. It's J O N B I R G E R. So it's at John Berger One at uh, on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm John Berger One with a hyph like a lowercase hyphen. But I should have fixed this years ago. <laughs> but but, but you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll find, you, yeah, you, you'll, you'll find me on Instagram. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll you know, uh, Yeah, and you, and you can you know you can also find me on. On the Datanomics website and reach out to me there, and I will, um, I will, uh, if I'll shoot you if you if you send me a question, I, I will respond.
Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I also saw um, with it Make Your Move too, you have like a blog or something on your website. I do, I do have a blog. I have to admit lately, I, I haven't I haven't kept it up to date as much as I should. Uh, but the other thing I will mention is that if you have a book group that wants to read Make Your Move or Datanomics, um, I do these kind of um, book group online Q&As and you can, you can kind of sign up for one of those on, I've, I've partnered with the, with the, the website bookyaya.com and you can kind of arrange one of these mm-hmm. book group Q&As on bookyaya. All right, well, thanks for having me on. Thank yeah. you so much. I love this. This is so I know. good. Good. All right. I loved a lot. Well, that's all that we have for you guys today. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. I know Avery and I certainly did. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at You're Not the Worst Podcast. Keep your eyes out for our lives because we live stream the podcast whenever we record. That way you get premiere access to it. Oh, also, need to make a PSA real quick. Well, I guess it's no point in saying this because the episode's coming out on Monday, but we are releasing on Mondays starting mm-hmm. from this Monday. Yeah. So this episode will be out this Monday, and from here on out, we will be releasing on Mondays. So tell your friends, and we'll be posting about it on social media so you can find us on Monday. Also, go check out our website at www.you'renotthewords.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple. Five stars only, thanks. Yep, no bad (laughs) reviews, good reviews only. Tell this to your friends, share this podcast. But that's all we got for you guys. We love you. And as always, like and subscribe and share. We'll see you guys next Monday. Bye.